0: Welcome to the first episode of the Everyday Expertise Podcast. I'm your host, Roland Martin, and I hope today's conversation will expand your knowledge. Today I welcome my brother, Ricky Martin, to the show. For as long as I can remember, Ricky has enjoyed drawing, creating, and problem solving. He now combines these skills in his job as a graphic designer. During the following conversation, he tells the story of what led him into graphic design and what he has learned along the way. I hope you'll enjoy it and learn from his expertise. And we are live. Thank you so much for taking or for doing this, for being on my very first podcast episode, Everyday Expertise.
1: You're welcome. Uh so tell me like how you thought of this idea to start a podcast.
0: So I was thinking about my the beginning of the podcast a little bit this morning, and I thought of a story, and I was, or a memory, more from when we were younger. And I'm I'm curious if you remember this or not, but maybe it's a figment of my imagination. Probably when we were young teenagers, or I was maybe 15, you were 13, something like that. I kind of remember sitting down at our our computer, or or some kind of recording device, and recording a short episode of us talking, pretending that we we're radio broadcasters.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, okay. we definitely did that. And recently, I went back and tried to find it. I could not find it anywhere. Um, and yeah, I'm not. Would we have recorded it on your computer, or would I have had a computer by then?
0: Okay, so we were older teenagers I, I then, because
1: I didn't get a computer till I was eighteen. I don't think,
0: or almost eighteen, maybe oh, seventeen. Re- but I was trying okay, to think I, what we would have actually recorded on, and I don't think our computer had a mic, like our desktop computer, the family desktop computer. So I, I was trying to think what it would have been, and I, I couldn't remember. So maybe it was one of our lap, one of our laptops. Yeah,
1: I think we would have been older than, than uh, just entered our teens. Okay. Because I think I had, I had like my electric guitar, and I wanted to like play an intro. And I messed it up the first time. And I remember, so I so we had to start over and then I I played it correctly the second time. And, and your first words were something like, hey, you didn't mess up the intro this time. Could work. <laughs>
0: okay. Wow. No, I don't, I have no memory of what we talked about. Do you remember anything from it?
1: Not really, but I wonder if we, like, I feel like we played a game or something that maybe had something to do with hymns. Okay. Like, okay guessing or i don't know guessing the title or something okay i feel like we, yeah we maybe played a little a little game
0: that that is a funny memory because that was basically a a podcast or the idea of a podcast but i had no idea at the time what a podcast <laughs> was so it's it's just funny to think about that we had some interest in in doing something like that and it obviously never got anywhere and I don't think we ever did any other recording besides that one that was maybe 5 no, or 10
1: minutes. Pretty sure it was just the one.
0: Yeah. But I remember kind of thinking that oh it'd be it'd be fun to record something I I don't remember what we were going to do with it or anything like that. But I bring that up because there this is this idea has maybe been been something that's that's been brewing for a little longer than just the last few months when I officially came up with the idea so i got introduced to podcasts about two years ago i think is when i started listening to them regularly and started listening to them when i run when i drive or just doing mindless tours by myself and have really come to enjoy them and and learn a lot from them i've listened to some that are a little more professionally done some that are just two dudes talking and and uh even amateurs on a subject and um, I've come to enjoy that that type of of learning and and listening in on conversations that kind of thing so with with doing that I don't know if I ever had the idea to to do one on my own when I was listening to them no that's not actually quite true I remember I think last year one time I got the idea that I should maybe do a running a podcast on running where I would have people on to to talk about their running experience what kind of races they've done how what their goals are but i don't think i ever told anyone about that idea mm-hmm. and and so heaven thoughts had never thought seriously about it but this um spring when soon after COVID 19 had hit and i was at home and looking ahead to the summer of not having a job and and thinking about possibly what uh, what projects I could do to keep myself busy that kind of thing i this idea popped into my head to do a podcast and it kind of just kept growing and and most of my ideas quickly die after they they start but this one kept r- rolling around in my head and few weeks later i brought it up to you and you you really liked the idea and and um that was encouraging talked to a few other people everyone was really encouraging that yeah you would do great with that it'd, it'd be be a great idea i would listen i heard that from several different people so a few people even said they might come on and and be a guest and so that uh that was really encouraging and and made me think more about it and and here we are I'm actually recording it yeah
1: recording the first episode and it's still the idea still hasn't died so yeah that's that's something
0: yeah and we have um a little under six minutes of of uh content already.
1: so you had you had sent me like a little blurb or whatever about what this podcast is about and there was a a quote that kind of uh i would say is maybe like a theme of the podcast um so can you kind of Expound on on what what the I guess the theme or the idea behind this podcast is
0: Yeah so How I came to the theme Was I'd started listening to a podcast that was what's sometimes called long-form media or long-form conversations And had really started to enjoy Just two or three people having a long conversation and going deep on a topic or having a a conversation where they go back and forth. And I don't really remember how this idea morphed into everyday expertise, but somewhere in there, I got the idea that it would be interesting to have people that I know onto the show and interview them, spend maybe considerable amount of time, an hour or two, asking them about their career or their hobby. And as soon as I got that idea, a whole bunch of people that I know well popped into my mind and different ideas of what I could ask them about. And so that's kind of where the idea grew from. And I've always, I, I really enjoy asking people about what they do or about their hobbies. and. Asking them questions, learning everything I can, so it seemed like a natural idea for me and something yeah. I was really excited I, about
1: I forget what the what the exact quote is that you sent, but something along the lines of like everyone you meet in life has something to teach you or knows something you don't, or something like that and yeah i I like this. I had one uh professor who said something along like similar to that, and um Ever yeah. Ever since he's, uh, ever since he said that, it's kind of changed a little bit the way I interact with um, everyone. I think like I th- yeah. I think it's just a really good philosophy to have. Just that you can learn something from from everyone, and yeah, everyone everyone uh, knows more about a certain subject than you. So yeah.
0: Do you know where I first heard that idea? No. It was from your friend Stephen Gingrich oh really yeah i think it was one time when we were visiting you in guatemala and he said that i think he said it was something that his dad always told him okay i don't know if i'm remembering this quite correctly but he had his way of saying it was something along the lines of you can learn something from the beggar down the street Mm -hmm. as much as you can from the successful businessman that (laughs) that you're talking to yeah That, that was the first yep. I'd heard the idea and it's always stuck with me that that you can learn something from everyone.
1: Yeah, that, that does sound a lot like Stephen.
0: <laughs> yeah. And everyone's an expert on their own situation. Like exactly. no one knows their story better than them. And so we can learn something from, from everyone's story. So that's that's the goal is to for me to learn from the the people that I interview that I talk to. And then hopefully that if uh if people start listening to it to the podcast they can learn something from conversations as well
1: yeah so yeah. so i was also gonna ask um what like why people should listen to it or what what can people expect to um gain from listening to this podcast
0: i think just the The biggest thing that that I think they'll get is a a certain topic so learning about if they're interested in learning more about business or music or graphic design they can listen to a specific episode and and learn a lot about that but I'm also hoping that there'll be some people that will just enjoy listening to episodes that maybe they didn't realize that they were interested they didn't think they were interested in Mm -hmm. and then learn a lot about that from my conversation with whoever that person is and maybe it'll just be that they gain more knowledge about that specific topic maybe they'll be able to to be more knowledgeable and when more informed when they're in a conversation down the road or maybe it will spark interest in in someone changing their their idea of what their career is going to be or or adding something to their to their skills and their learning that they uh that they hadn't thought about before so it's uh yeah the goal is to to inspire and inform listeners and and hopefully that everyone that listens will learn something from a specific episode
1: Mm -hmm.
0: can i go back and just talk about uh one other part of the inspiration that uh that i thought i would mention
1: so um yeah i think (laughs) yeah i guess i give you permission to go back and talk about something this is your podcast after all (laughs) yeah thanks
0: so this past christmas when our family went out to visit our cousins and grandparents and uncles and aunts in Wisconsin. I learned that my two cousins, Patrick and TJ, were doing a, were, had started a podcast. Yeah. And the Sheryl Bros. And I hadn't been thinking about, or much about a podcast, but like I said, it's last year already. I was, I'd had an idea or two for one. Mm-hmm. And I, just hearing that, it made me realize that that this is something that anyone can do. Mm -hmm. and so just them doing it, it's like, hey, yeah, I could do that, that too, it's it's something that you just have to decide, and, and podcasting is very accessible to everyone, so, so that was, that was very inspiring for me to hear that they were, they were starting, they had started one.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was the same for me, that's when I found out about it too, and I was, I thought it was great to hear that they were doing something like that too, and um, yeah, I've been a, a faithful listener, Ever since, and I was even a guest on it for one episode. So,
0: yeah, I, r- I really enjoyed
1: that episode when you were on as well. This, this is my second ever appearance on a podcast. Yeah,
0: you're actually have more experience with with podcasting than I do. This is my very first episode, so <laughs> maybe that's why I have why no idea been, what I'm
1: doing. Maybe that's why I've been asking all the questions so far. <laughs> that's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, it's a learning experience, and this actually one of my goals is to to learn some things about broadcasting, about interviewing, about audio. And so I, a project like this would, um, I I thought, would would be good for, for building my own skills. And so I'm already gaining that, realizing that as an interviewer, I'm the one that's supposed to be asking questions and not relying on my guest to ask <laughs> the next question. So it's been a very yeah. learning experience already. You figured that out already. Yeah. Um, Since we, I didn't realize I had so many things about what inspired this podcast, but the the other catalyst that that made me decide to do it was actually the project that that you're doing this year and I think you're going to talk more about this but the just watching you and and watching your regular drawings come out and the fact that you have to, you've committed to doing that every single day i realized that there's no really I myself don't have any art or creation that I do on a regular basis, and I thought it would be good to to be a little to have some some discipline in in creating something. And so I was I was thinking what would be some possibilities for me, something I would enjoy, something I could get good at, and that's that's where podcasting came to mind. I can talk. I was a teacher for six years. I <laughs> uh, I, I can't draw, but I, I can talk a little bit. So that was that was maybe a, the catalyst that, that got me thinking, oh, what can I do? And then podcasting came from that. Yeah, cool. Anyway, are you ready to talk a little bit about yourself? Sure. Okay. So yeah, I told you that I'm interested in hearing about graphic design. But I guess to to start off, I'm interested in hearing what's keeping you busy currently. So,
1: what are some of the things that you're involved in? Uh yeah, so I am my my job is I'm a graphic designer at a, a small marketing agency called Us Communications um in Toronto. Um and so yeah, that's, um, that's my day job, I guess. And I, uh, I'll go a little, a little bit more into that, uh, into more detail in a bit, but also I do some, uh, occasionally do a little bit of, um, freelance projects on the side. I've done a few like, uh, websites and logos, uh, basic, uh, uh, mostly for, um, friends or at least acquaintances, um uh yeah so so did you mean like career wise um or anything that keeps me busy
0: um i was i was gonna ask you then if you have any projects or hobbies that you're gonna talk about with that but obviously for for most people their career is is one of the the largest percentages of of any given day so i figured that would be the first thing that comes to mind
1: yeah for sure and definitely like what uh takes up most of my time I would say is my my job um and yeah like I said I'm a a graphic designer at a at a marketing agency so I um work on uh I guess I guess you could call it like digital uh a lot of digital um uh advertisements I guess mostly um so uh, a little bit of like conceptual thinking as well, but a lot of um, execution. So, like if we need a a, a banner ad for um, a website or something like that, uh, my job might be to like source an image for that and figure out how to like where to put the text and where the button should go and stuff like that. Um, maybe I should also say a little more about what the the company itself does. Um, so it's a, a, a marketing company. So it, uh, does marketing for various, various clients. Um, so anything from websites to digital advertisements, uh, and print advertisements. Um, and it's, it's basically, uh, like, um, a, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Like, a. A full-service thing Um, even like uh, like social media content strategies and and stuff like that um, is what is what we do but yeah like I said my job is mostly working on the actual um, execution of of those like uh, websites or digital ads or whatever
0: so you're designing the actual what we actually see if we see one of your ads, is that what you mean by the the execution? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, if um, when I can't think of um, what I was going to ask you exactly there, but the I guess you you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but the the when you say digital. Does that, does that mean something specific or?
1: Well, just oh. as opposed to print. Okay. So there's a difference
0: between digital and, and print.
1: Yeah. Like... like, like by digital, I mean something that you'd see on your phone or computer, um, like on, on a website, like you've probably seen those like web banners, like they're really annoying right. cause they're, <laughs> um, they're, yeah, they're, that's not the reason you went to the website, um and uh yeah and then print would be like billboards and bus shelters and stuff like that
0: got you so and you you could any project you could be assigned to either or are you specifically working on one of those two um
1: no it 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 varies quite a bit um yeah it could be either and i it's i do um i get to work on more stuff besides just uh just ads like that like uh i've also got to do a little bit of branding uh, which has to do with like a company's logo and basically their their look and feel we like to say so um, their logo and their colors and how that lives across all the uh the touch points <laughs> another another okay. buzzword but like yeah how does it look on a business card how does it look on a storefront if they have one, how does it look on their social media? It's all, it's all a part of their brand. Um, so I've got to work a little bit on that. I've also done a little bit of, uh, got to do a little bit of video mm-hmm. and motion graphics, which is some of my favorite stuff to work on. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but it's a smaller, um, uh, agency. I think there are 12 of us. Um, so it's not, uh, real, uh, really big. And some of those are more like the, the client side, um, rather than the the creative side. So they're not working on the, um, the actual, the actual execution of, uh, the, the material that we produce. Um, so what I was going to say, the nice, the nice thing about working in a small agency like that is, is the variety that, that you get. Um, from what I, I mean, I've never worked for a, a larger one, but from what I hear, if you're at a at a bigger one, uh, it's probably gonna be you're probably doing a more specific, more specific job because you're
0: on a certain team, in, right? In that in that company, yeah, that's interesting to me because I thought I would maybe guess that as a small company, you maybe have your niche of you just do a certain kind of advertising, but you're saying that still as a small company company you do you'll take a you'll take a client and do their entire their entire scope of of advertising is that how it works usually yeah
1: that's uh i mean it probably varies from from place to place but um yeah at us we that's what yeah we we try to meet like all the um the clients needs when it comes to advertising and so if there's something that we can't do in-house then we'll, we'll partner with, uh, someone who can help us. Um, but yeah, there have been a few things where like a a new type of project will, will come up and, uh, um, yeah, I'll have the opportunity to, to kind of like try something new, do something I've never really done before or get to like use a, a skill I had from something before or whatever. And yeah, so, so that, that part I really enjoy like the, the variety and getting to try new skills and and learn new stuff. Nice. Did you say that
0: doing video was your, one of your favorite things or do you have a, have you figured out a a specifically favorite type of project that you get to work on?
1: Yeah, I would say video is definitely one of my favorite. Um, I really enjoy branding too, like, and, and, uh, specifically logo design. I think there, there's just something really fun about, um, uh, yeah, especially if it's a, a startup or something that doesn't like they don't have they don't have a logo. Um, I think there's something really fun about trying to understand what what this business or organization uh, is all about. And then basically trying to sum it up in one uh, one symbol or yeah, in a logo is, is a lot of fun. How, how important do you think? the the
0: logo the the branding is to a to a company or startup success
1: oh it's everything (laughs) (laughs) like Uh, i so this
0: what when i first thought about this was um i was talking to glenn yancey one time and he mentioned that this was when the mennonite savings and credit union was changing their their name or rebranding, whatever you call that, to Kindred Credit Union, mm-hmm. and he said something along the lines of that that maybe isn't the that necessary a change, for instance, because it's not the most important part of the company. It's it's uh, the the important part is the customer service or the product that's, that's being provided. And if you don't have those things, then, then what, what's the use of branding? So where do you like, how would you measure in the importance of branding compared to other aspects of a, of a business?
1: Yeah. um, I mean, yeah, obviously there's a lot more to a a brand than the logo. And I kind of think, I kind of think uh, the the logo plays a, a a small part, a smaller part than I wanted to. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think it definitely helps to have to have a good logo, like one that looks professional, one that looks um, one that suits the the industry of the the company, one that's readable and recognizable. Like there are certainly factors that will help, but. But yeah, I mean, if you're if uh the rest of your um brand is terrible, like if you have terrible customer service and and your products are awful, then <laughs> a good logo isn't fixing that. It might just just help people
0: think more about the the poor customer service whenever they see that logo or something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. But and I guess you could ask too like how many successful companies um can you think of that that have a bad logo um and not that that has anything to do with their success but um often or, or like the the ones that are are really successful and, and recognizable um i'm thinking like nike like the swoosh and mcdonald's um like j- just like they're really simple and And so recognized, like everyone knows what, what they are and and kind of what they stand for. And there's a lot more than just how it looks, how it was designed than, uh, that, that got them to that point. But at the same time, they are, they are well-designed symbols and and recognizable.
0: Yeah. Um, Do you have a, do you have a favorite, like really popular logo?
1: Um... I often, uh, answer this question with the FedEx logo because of the, the arrow in the white space. Um, it was actually, <laughs> it was actually Ruth Huber who pointed that out to me when we were on a trip to Siney, Michigan. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I went with, uh, with cousin Trent and a bunch of older ladies from church. Um, dad thought I should go because, uh, I sort of knew Lyle, uh, that was his name, right? Yeah, it sounds um, sounds familiar. Yeah, and yes, yeah, so uh, Ruth Ruth pointed that out. She's like, "Have you ever noticed the arrow in the in the FedEx logo?" I'm like, "No, what arrow? <laughs> like, look in between the um the E and the X. It's like there's no arrow." <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> and uh you yeah, so that you've one. You've
0: seen it ever since.
1: Yeah, <laughs> can can't unsee it but but it's really it's really clever and and brilliant um but yeah i think the the Nike swoosh is cool too and actually another logo that i really like um is the c n logo are you are you familiar with that oh the I've, the railroad yeah yeah um yeah so th- there's kind of an interesting story behind that one i would love to hear it and so just off the top of your head, how long ago do you think that logo was designed
0: well i'm gonna guess it's a pretty old company since railroads have been around for a long time so yeah the
1: the company is like from like goes back to the 1800s
0: yeah so i'm gonna guess the logo has been around for 70 years
1: i was hoping you guessed like 20 or something oh (laughs) because of because of how sleek it looks (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't have been able Uh, to tell you that sorry (laughs) um it was designed in 1960 so were very close <laughs> 60 years ago right? right yeah um by yeah by a by a man named alan fleming i think a uh, canadian designer um nice. and so it, it, it's super simple like it's just the letters c and n but it's one it's one line and it's the same thickness the whole way and it's basically it represents like a, a railroad track or a you know, a path from the starts that has a starting point and any point. Um, but yeah, I, I, when I found out that it was designed in, in 1960, I was, I was blown away because um, there are so many, so many logos that, uh, like, are designed even 10 years ago that just look so old now because of trends that change and stuff. But there are, there are a few. Uh, that were designed way back in the day that because they were just so so simple or um timeless i guess they they still look like they they could have been could have been designed yesterday and there's some i, I don't know i just think that look that logo looks so great on like the engine of those uh or like the yeah the engine of those um Come freight over. trains yeah um
0: all right, I'll have to have to check that out yeah, <laughs> next time I see a, a train. That's a good logo. Do you know? Do you know the old? Do you know how old the Nike logo is?
1: Um, I want to say nineties. Okay, so that um, one's
0: lasted for a while then too,
1: not. Yeah, I mean not sixty years, but, but uh, it, it m- might be eighties. Um, but that that one kind of has an interesting story too, because uh, there was like uh, there was. um the designer was a student or an intern or something like someone who had very little experience and and was tasked with coming up with a, a symbol for for this brand and i i wish i remembered like the amount that she got paid for um for designing it but like ridiculously low like 10 bucks or something or something but she she did get compensated more um uh later on when
0: it when it was being used regularly yeah do you know if like did it get played with at all or is her original drawing what's
1: what's still used um it has i think it's changed a bit like often now you just you see just the swoosh but it was originally designed with i think i think this is right with the words nike kind of integrated in it, like on, on top of it. I think my and
0: sweater still has that in the in the small logo on the sleeve. Okay. So I wonder if that would be that
1: and I it yeah, it's it's probably been like slightly tweaked, but it's I don't yeah, you wouldn't notice the difference right away.
0: That's pretty cool that they would have put the the name in there initially and then it became such an iconic iconic logo that they could just drop the 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 name and just have the the swoosh be there and everyone knows what it is. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's that's the powerful thing about uh, a uh, a strong brand. Um, yeah, things like that and and like an apple, you see you okay. see the apple logo, you, you know right away what it is. It's I also if, very recognizable.
0: I wonder if it's actually more more powerful as a logo if they if they can successfully become big with a logo that has no words in it
1: oh i, I think absolutely it yeah. is um yeah because then uh it, yeah it's so much simpler like it's you read it faster when you when you think about it like you can you can see an object faster that you, than you can read a, a phrase or maybe even a word right um,
0: so a picture is worth a thousand words yeah whatever they say yeah have you ever have you seen the old apple logos where it's bunch of colors yeah Yeah. Yeah. is that the way it was originally designed or not
1: yeah when the when the apple like the actual shape of the apple i I believe the first iteration of it was in the colors like that unless it was it was early on anyway and unless it was like with the first mac that had color i'm not sure but have you ever seen the first apple logo
0: i maybe have but i can't picture it right now (laughs)
1: yeah it's like this (laughs) it looks like this uh almost like renaissance art or something and it's a it's a picture of newton sitting under the apple tree but it it almost looks like a, a pencil drawing like it was just black and white and it yeah it looks nothing like uh like the company that you associate with apple today it's it's really really interesting nice um
0: that this is a little bit off topic, but it reminds me of a great laptop sticker that I saw one time. It was it was an apple tree with a with an apple falling off it and it stuck right on the laptop so that the apple was the is the apple symbol. Oh, nice. And then it had the the um, W equals MG, like the gravity <laughs> formula on it. I thought that was pretty cool. Very clever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh and another logo that that i was gonna mention that has withstood the test of time is coca cola um if you look at the the original coca cola uh logo it's almost identical to what it is today and it's
0: just the name right or am I not thinking of it correctly yeah yeah,
1: but it's kind of a fancy um fancy letters like it's they're kind of swoopy and and swooshy and the, i think the one end of the c like kind of goes through the the loop of the l in cola um yeah so it's it's kind of fancy or whatever but um yeah it's it's been around for over 100 years i think oh wow Um, even
0: longer than cn yeah (laughs) Yeah. Uh so going back to to you a little bit do you do the same thing in your in your freelance projects that you do in your on your job?
1: Um I guess yes and no. Similar types of work. Um but when I'm on freelance it's at a smaller scale and and I'm I'm doing everything um because I typically just work by myself so um, from research to concept development to um, communicating with the client um, yeah it's 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 a one-man show I guess so it's it's me doing everything so in that regard I I get into um, more yeah more areas of the of the job than I do at my day job right but you're doing like you're still doing
0: logos you said and and is websites the is that similar to the the work that you're doing on a regular basis with your job
1: yeah so i've i occasionally do um web design um it's all like the the front end design so the the, like what you actually see on the website when you go there um does that mean you're not
0: doing any programming or right okay so
1: we we typically work with the developer who Takes like the the designs that I come up with and makes the magic happen and and actually puts it live on the on the website Gotcha. Yeah,
0: so when you do it for on your own freelance work, then you just use a program or how do you do that?
1: Yeah, I use WordPress Um, We we learned like the the basics of WordPress in school Uh, we had a a class on it Um, and we we also learned, uh, like the basics of coding HTML and CSS. Um, so a little bit of that knowledge has, has helped me. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's like, you you don't need to, to know that much these days to, to be able to get a website up on the web. Um, like the toughest thing is do you choose Wix or do you choose Squarespace? (laughs) But, uh, no, I, I use, I use WordPress, which, It gives you a little more um customization uh opportunities i find um it's not so much like cookie cutter templates um and yeah when so so i've when i'm working on a on a website on my own it's um based a little bit on stuff i've uh learn from from school and from experience and then when I get stuck it's off to off to YouTube to figure out how to solve the problem. Nice.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you good? So yeah, I'm I'm interested in hearing if there's any other projects or hobbies outside of of graphic design that you are excited about that you wanted to mention?
1: Um well I, I mentioned a little bit that I always love the opportunity to work on a video um and yeah, I've making videos has been a hobby of mine for for a long time, and so I occasionally um, will will make a video and post it on my YouTube channel um, for my four hundred and forty nine subscribers to to see. I actually uh, looked
0: at that today, and I saw that you were just one short of four fifty. One short so it of four fifty seems like that'll yeah. be a milestone or something. Well, five hundred
1: is probably bigger.
0: Oh one step at a time. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get to 450 before you can get to 500.
1: True, but I mean is why isn't 449 a milestone then? Oh, well,
0: that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> we always like those uh those nice round numbers that end in zeros. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Uh
1: yeah, so there's video making. I've also been doing a lot of running um in the past past few years and so I do that on a on a regular basis too. Um partly to to stay in shape but I also I've I've come to just really enjoy it too and um like you mentioned you listen to to podcasts when you run I do the same thing listen to podcasts or sometimes audiobooks um so yeah that that helps make it kind of a time I look forward to uh five days a week
0: oh nice you're running five days a week yeah right now very good yeah um the I definitely enjoy the the listening to things, part of running, like I, that. Uh, it's it's. I I also enjoy the running part of it much more than I used to, too. But the 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 two listening and and running, it. I definitely miss it. And I I it was again not uh, not doing it this past week because I hurt my knee early in the week. I was itching to get out there again so it was fun to go running again this morning
1: yeah i was i was out for a run this morning too and um a sort of interesting thing happened so it was about about halfway through my run running along this um back this is completely off topic i hope that's that's all right (laughs) yeah that's fine (laughs) running along this sort of back street in a in a residential area um and this was around seven in the morning maybe so not a lot of people out and about but a few like walking and, and stuff um and i see this guy up ahead who's walking like towards me just just along the street and he was carrying like this kind of satchel or something almost looked like he could have been a mailman from from far away but anyway it's, but it's saturday yeah he wasn't he wasn't a mailman oh, okay i'm just saying like the the kind of bag that he was holding looked like it could have been a mail bag i'm with you <laughs> um so he so yeah, he's walking toward me, and then he then he just stops, and he stops walking. He and he's standing there with his arms folded and kind of like a, a like a wide like it looked very um menacing. Like he was, and it looked, it looked like, like he blocking was blocking your
0: way, or like he was gonna like like he was blocking your way or not.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I was on the street, so there's plenty of room to go around him. But just the way the way he stopped, and it looked like he was kind of staring right at me, um and. I I often or I I hardly ever run with my um contacts in, I'm um because like it's the first thing I do in the morning, so it's um kind of a, a pain. I can see pretty well, just not really or just like stuff at uh, distances that I can't see well. And so so I couldn't really tell if he was looking at me or not, but it, it just seemed like I don't know. It kind of kind of scared me. um I was like, what like what does he want with me and there are these signs posted like right in the middle of the road in this area that say um, local traffic only because uh, they had like problems with cars driving through there too fast so I like my first thought was like is he is he going to tell me I can't run through here like because like does he does he live around here or something but as, as I got closer um, I was like well maybe like he, he didn't look real happy or whatever um, but I was like, maybe I'll uh, say good morning to him and, you know, start the conversation and or like just throw a, a nice gesture out there. Um, so as I was running by, I was like, good morning. And he kind of looked at me and I think he sort of said it back, but I was already kind of going past. And then and then after I'm past, I hear him yell something back to me. And so I was like, oh, I, I better stop and find out what he said, you know, just in case yeah, who knows? Um, so, so I stopped and I looked back and I was like, sorry. And he's like, Yeah, I got tired of walking. <laughs> so that's why he had stopped. He just got tired of walking. <laughs> so,
0: was it a homeless guy or, uh, could
1: have been maybe?
0: Oh, or maybe just out for a walk. It might have just been out for a Resting. walk, but yeah.
1: <laughs> and you were but, like, Why uh, did I come back for that? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it gave me a little scare, but I I don't think I would have needed to be scared. It's just yeah, sometimes that happens when something unexpected happens.
0: Yeah, I'm anyway. So, since we moved to <laughs> to Waterloo in the city, I'm still getting used to people being out that early when I run, and there's a lot of homeless people around our area, and they're often walking around when when I would go out for my runs. And so, I've I've also learned that they're very friendly, like most of them are happy to give a mm. nice good morning back and and uh, a lot of them are encouraging they're like you keep going bud that's great and it's it's, uh, it's great so
1: yeah it's awesome yeah.
0: let's uh I, i'm uh, curious to learn a little bit more about what got you into graphic design and your what led you to your career choice and so i guess i'll ask it this way what what um When do you remember first considering graphic design as a career opportunity?
1: I think the like the first time I actually considered uh, I considered it was when I was looking through like college programs to apply to. Um, And. Yeah, like before that, I mean, I definitely heard the term, but I wouldn't have necessarily known that it was something that people, people studied. I mean, I, like, I guess I, I guess I would have, but not, I wouldn't have like, yeah, I wouldn't have considered it before that. Um, but I guess I should back up a little bit. So after, after high school, um, I didn't, didn't exactly know what I wanted to do, um, as far as, as far as career and like whether that involved, um, pursuing more education uh, but I definitely had an interest in video and um, I, I was able to take an elective uh, in my last year of high school that was like uh, the basics of filmmaking. Um, so I already had some interest in that. Um, but I, I, yeah, I didn't, I never really, I, I guess I just wasn't sure how realistic making a career of that was. Um, right out of high school or I, I, I didn't have the um, uh, like I don't know the motivation or whatever to to really pursue it or, or look into opportunities um, so I ended up uh, just so I ended up working like at uh, Martin's family fruit farm for about a, a year or so and I did some uh, volunteer work in Guatemala for for a couple years and uh, got married um, a couple of years later. Then and so by the by the time I uh, kind of started thinking about about career again, it was probably like five years after after I was done high school. Um, and yeah, I, I guess that's just kind of how how it played out uh, for me. And so. I guess I guess I got to a point where I wanted to, um, yeah, I, w- I wanted to pursue um, further education, and um, almost like almost like it uh, it uh, didn't have to be a specific thing, but I just I wanted to go back to school and uh, yeah, just kind of broaden my horizons. Um, have some new experiences and and learn something. Uh, so I I applied to a um, a film program, film and television. It was called at Humber, and I only really looked at uh, at two colleges, and one was Humber because um, my cousins Trent and Anthony were were going there, and it was it was far away in Toronto, but uh, there had been the opportunity to. To carpool with them, um, so I looked at their program list as well as Conestoga because that was the, the closest option. So, yeah, so so film was the the kind of the my main choice, um, but that that program was um, pretty competitive for getting in, like a lot of applicants and only a certain number of seats. Uh, so I knew and, and I like I I had done that elective, but I didn't really have any sort of background or anything in it. So I knew there's a good chance that I wouldn't um, get accepted. So I started looking at um, some other options, too, and you could apply to to up to five programs. Um, so all the rest besides that film one uh, were kind of related to to design um, so there's a design program at Conestoga and this design program at um, Humber that I ended up uh, going with. Um, and the reason the reason I looked at graphic design as a, as a second option um, was I think it had a lot to do with my love for drawing and as yeah as a kid I, I just loved um, drawing and I yeah. Whenever I had the chance, I would I would just uh, draw. I, for a while, I wanted to be a cartoonist um, or a professional artist of some sort. And um, yeah, and actually, through working at uh, at Martin's, um, though for some of for some of that time, I had uh, a bit of opportunity to. Um, do a bit of sort of graphic design-ish work they had photoshop and illustrator on one of the computers and they had me occasionally had like had me take a picture um like for a flyer or or something like that and so i didn't know anything about like i never used photoshop or illustrator but um i kind of learned as it went along and so i i had gotten the basics of that and, and really loved anything that had to do with with those um Digital, digital drawing and art uh, softwares. And yeah, so I think, I, I think that is what, uh, what drew me to graphic design is kind of that drawing and um, art side of it. And um, in, I, I'm not sure if it was a, if it was a program um, description like on the website or if it was uh, something, something that somebody told me, but um, the, way, the way it's often phrased, like, well, w- what Wikipedia calls graphic design, is the process of visual communication and problem-solving through the use of typography, photography, iconography, and illustration. And, it, and that problem-solving um, aspect of it kind of attracted me too because um yeah i I like i like solving things i like coming up with uh solutions for things so i thought combining that with with art seemed like um a good second option and so i I, um didn't end up getting into into film so kind of went with plan b and uh and here i am yeah i've never thought about it with um
0: as problem solving before that's that's a that's a a neat thing to to think about, and I never thought about that with with um with your skill set and and what you enjoy is that being a, that 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 is a part of graphic design as well. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, and that's that's one thing that our almost every professor kind of um really really hit home uh, was that as graphic designers, we are, we're problem solvers first. Like we don't just make stuff look pretty. Um, that's not, that's not what, that's not what we're about. It's not why we're here. Uh, we're all about coming up with, with solutions. So it's in some ways it's, uh, to me anyway, it's like, a um, a practical art form maybe is one way you could, you could look at it.
0: It's a uh, it's interesting to, to look back and connect the dots that like you just laid out that lead up from from childhood and and I mean there's depending on what you would have done there'd probably been different dots that would have that would have connected but it's it's easy to look back and say, oh yeah this this decision and this skill this this event um, led me to led you to where where you are now. yeah w- going, going back to some of those dots, what uh do you remember when you first discovered drawing or is it always something that you've enjoyed?
1: Uh to be honest, no, I don't I don't remember discovering it. Yeah, I I'd say it's something that I just always remember enjoying. Um, there there's certainly some things that uh I think um maybe helped me along so to speak. Um, when it when it came to drawing, and one of the, one of the first ones that comes to mind is in when I was in grade I think it was in grade six, and I had uh, Janelle Glick as a as a teacher, and for almost every single every single art class that year, we we drew from this book called Art Art Attacks, not heart attacks art attacks, um, and it was. It was basically it was supposed to be a simple way to teach you basic drawing principles like shading and like depth um stuff stuff like this but yeah drawing things using simple shapes and then as it got more complicated it got into um characters like silly cartoon characters and stuff and i i absolutely loved art that year because I always like art was always one of my favorite classes, but when when we had to do something like painting, it it just seemed it was kind of fun, but it was it was harder to you know make the paint where you wanted it just to go, <laughs> and it was messy and and yeah just not as fun. Also, like coloring, it was it's was kind of too much work. Like I would I would start out trying to do like such a good job and I'm like man this is gonna take forever, and I, you know, start going lighter and then it never looked how I wanted it two in the end so i guess that was just me being lazy but but drawing was uh yeah it was um what was where it was at for me um yeah so I, so i really loved art class that year and so i think i think there's there are a few things like that that kind of um yeah helped me along as i said
0: yeah what uh and maybe you've covered it, so I guess you could just go back and, and kind of mention it if you, if you, uh, if you have already covered it. But what do you think has been the most significant factor in, in leading you to the the point where you're now working graphic design, doing projects on the side of your your job yet too? Um, is there anything that you can you can say for sure is what what uh, led you to this point? Or was, um, or was it not getting into film school or into the film program?
1: <laughs> I guess yeah, you could you could say that about specifically graphic design. But one thing I I, sh- I could say is, um, a part of my a part of my decision um, to go back to school, uh, deciding that, um, uh, well, first of all, I should I should uh, say that I definitely owe it to my wife Jasmine. Um, she. Uh, worked all through the the time that I went to school and was like very supportive of uh, my decision um, to to go back to school uh, even though it meant some um, or like not as uh, or like it, it wasn't a, or like I mean it cost money and it meant that I wasn't working so it wasn't a, a great financial um, decision in the short term anyway and yeah so I definitely have heard a thank for for being so supportive, but for actually making the, the decision, um, I think Trent and Anthony, uh, in inspired me. Um, and so they, they both went back to school a year before me. And so just, just, uh, I think the fact that they did it and, um, you know, they, they, um, picked, a, picked a program and, and just went back and did it like it helped me realize that like, I mean, it's like, it's not too late for me. And, um, so I think in talking to them, I kind of expressed some interest in, in doing something, um, like that for myself. And this would have been right after I got back from, from Guatemala. So I had done some volunteer work and and returned and I was back at Martin's and, um, yeah, just kind of trying to figure out what, uh, What was next um i had started dating too so there was all this stuff going on um but i remember they um actually no maybe i'm maybe i'm confusing the timeline because i think it was i mean i was obviously yeah i was married already like when when i went back to school but I, i think i was i think i was married when i know i was married when we had this conversation but basically at some point, I had expressed some interest to um, to Trent and Anthony. Or I said, like, I think it's awesome that you guys are going back to school, and um, I had ex- expressed some interest in pursuing some education and in, uh, in film or video or something. And so they they invited me out uh, out for coffee, and. Um, yeah, like I, I remember this very well. They said like uh you know, they're um they think if if I wanna do it I, I should go for it. Um and they're like we're we're currently commuting to um to Toronto. At the time I was looking at uh this school in downtown Toronto, um, but they're like, Yeah, we can we can make something work and they <laughs> they even offered to like um help me out uh financially if that was if that was like what was keeping me from doing it so yeah that was definitely a a moment that I that I remember um and yeah so i i think i owe at least uh yeah like a big part of the the decision to go back to school to them um yeah and then uh, i mean graphic design was was my second choice and that's <laughs> that's what ended up happening but uh that's just, just how it goes sometimes. Um, and so after I, I didn't get accepted to the, the film, um, program, I could have potentially like, uh, you know, worked on my, um, portfolio or, or whatever you call it in the film industry, uh, and, you know, tried again the next year, but I pretty soon became okay with the fact that I didn't get in and, um, I decided I was gonna just go for this graphic design thing and, and see where it led me.
0: I was I was kind of curious and you, you maybe touched on it a little bit there but um, is it would it still be your preference to do something in in video rather than graphic design or are you at the point where where you actually enjoy graphic design more than making
1: videos? Um, yeah so that's that's a good question. I think um like I I think that in a lot of ways graphic design and videography go well together. Um especially when it comes to video marketing um and especially like motion graphics. Um so so not so not so much um images that you would shoot with a camera but more that you like you, um, like animation. So you make icons move around and and stuff. And is that actually programming or how is that done? Like computer um, programming that, that does. No, it's, it's, uh, uh, I mean the way the, what I use is, um, a software called after effects, another Adobe, a program, Adobe program. And yeah, you don't really need to, you don't need to know any programming. It's, all like yeah basically clicking and stuff you can you can get into um expressions uh and like there's (laughs) there's so much about all of these programs but especially after effects that i don't know about like there's there's still so much more that i could learn sorry what's what's expressions um so like it's like math so you might, um, so, so the one I've worked with is called the, a wiggle expression. And basically you, so the wiggle is like a function. You It's telling an object in the video to do, to do a certain thing. And then there's a, like an open bracket and then you put a number in and then a comma and then another number. And the first number or one of the numbers relates to um, a value, and the other one is time. So if it's if it's affecting the position, I think this is why it's called wiggle, you can set it to move, say 100 pixels um, every and do that once every one second. So then it just randomly will move from its original location uh, uh, anywhere up to 100 pixels. It'll move once per second, so it'll just start to to wiggle around random, randomly. So with those expressions, you can you can start to um, simplify some some movements like that. Like if you didn't know about that, you'd have to look, you'd have to program each movement and say, okay, like move here at this second, and then move here and here. Um, yeah. So does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. if it was a
0: program or or what it what it was, but yeah, thank you. So, yeah. So you were talking about the similarities between or Yeah, similarities between videography and and graphic design and and did you have any more to say on that
1: or uh yeah, I was gonna add to that since or like after um I didn't get accepted to that film film program. I mean it was called film and television and so it was like you basically learned how to, how to make movies and, and probably commercials and stuff like that too. But, um, I, I went to this, um, not orientation, but like this information session or whatever, um, that where we got to like find out a bit more about the program and tour, like the editing rooms and they had this huge studio where they actually like built sets and stuff like that. So it was, it was, um, yeah, like some, some high end stuff, like working with really high end cameras and, and software. And so when I really, when I really thought about that, um, it, it seemed like, um, well actually like before, before I got, I heard anything back from uh, my application, it seemed like, um the graphic design one option like just seemed more realistic um in finding a a career afterwards um yeah so i think that's that's part of why i was okay with just just pursuing that It just kind of seemed like it was meant to be in some ways
0: yeah well i was <clears throat> when you were talking about how you didn't get into to the film program i was wondering if just looking at the, what you've been sharing as far as your art the last year and this year you've been doing the drawing and in the past you've made more videos and things like that. I wondered if you've kind of been finding your interests shifting more towards, towards drawing and, and graphic design, but is that, is that just what you've chosen for this year or, or what's, uh, what kind of led to, to less videos?
1: um yeah I, I guess you could say that i i don't know if i would have if i would have said that but i guess in a way in a way less videos means less interest right <laughs> um well that's what i, I, I was asking i don't know <laughs> um I, I i no like i think i definitely still have interest in it and um yeah like it, I've i always have ideas for videos, uh, rolling around in the, in the back of my head. And, um, and yeah, it, it just seems like depending on what, what else is going on. Um, it, yeah, it, I just don't take the time to, to make them or whatever. Um, but yeah, I guess kind of, kind of my, my approach has been, it's, it's sort of, uh, a hobby or, or something that I can yeah I can always just have as a, a hobby and and continue to um, learn and and get better at it uh, without necessarily making it my career at this point
0: yeah very good so, thanks for
1: sorry we're we gonna say something more there well I, I was just gonna say so that was how I I chose graphic design um, but I'll <laughs> I'll mention that my story isn't quite as uh, as cool as one of my um, friends that I went to school with, uh, he, (laughs) he loves to tell this story. He, um, had, so he knew, knew that he wanted to, um, or knew he was going to college, but he didn't know what to apply for. Um, and I think maybe he had picked the college, like he picked Humber, but didn't know what program he wanted. So he took one of those um, program catalogs that just has a list of all the programs and like a brief description um and flipped through it and stopped at random and like put his finger down on the page and landed on graphic design he's like oh he'd never heard of it before he's like <laughs> what that, that sounds interesting and so he so he applied and uh yeah so he applied and uh he graduated with me um and is he yeah. still is he working
0: in graphic design yes he yeah he's, uh, he's a graphic awesome. designer
1: and he told me recently that he went back to that same catalog and and because he, he wanted to flip through it again and he was wondering like what would have happened if he would have if his finger would have been just a little bit farther down on the page and he's like yeah i almost got into golf management <laughs> <laughs> alphabetic order right yeah, yeah. <laughs> That, i, I told him I, I told him i know someone who who did that program and he turned out all right so so he, he probably would have been fine <laughs>
0: that's so funny because it like did he have interest in in drawing and he said he didn't know what graphic design was but did he have interest? Well, he in tells the his... story
1: he like had no interest <laughs> in it but uh yeah it's, it's kind of the way he is i think um just <laughs> yeah just kind of pick something and go with the flow
0: Yeah. Very different than, than how I think, I guess, but that's a great story. (laughs) I, uh, I wrote down some questions on what graphic design is, I guess, and you've, you've covered Mm -hmm. some of these, but maybe this will get a little more into, into some of the specifics. And I, you know, well that I have very little interest and not much skills when it comes to graphic design and i freak out when i have to come up with a poster or or something like that for an event and um i just find these things scary well yeah that's why you should hire a designer (laughs) i know that's right but sometimes you don't want to spend any money and you just want something very quickly and you don't want to put much work into it so that's that's Uh part of the issues as well
1: so you open up word (laughs) that's right that's how i
0: start so i guess what what I'm, i'm curious if you can answer this but when you're when you're thinking about whatever you're designing, whether it's a logo or a poster or a website, what's, what sets a good design from a mediocre design? Like like I don't even know where to start when I when I do these things, but but what are what are some things that you're looking for?
1: Um Yeah, so I would say um, at a basic level i would say at a basic level uh like following good design principles um equals good design so in in first year at uh, at school we were taught all these rules basically about what to do and um what not to do when it comes to to graphic design so i mean like a simple one is is uh make things Like make your words readable, like make sure that they're at at a size that you can you can read it um, from from the distance that someone's going to be reading it from. That Makes sense. Um, And another thing is hierarchy. Um, So what do you what's the most important information? Let's say we're talking about a poster. What's the most important information? And make that the first thing that people see. So there's a couple different ways to do that might be um just making it bigger or bolder might be with um with uh, contrast or color um yeah so i would i guess I would say like following those those uh design design principles is what makes good design and when you think about it being um a solution to, to a problem. Like if if you think about a, a poster that you would do for an event, um, the problem is you need people to be able to know the details about this event, uh, something that they can take in in, in a brief amount of time. Because if you write an essay explaining what, what this event is going to be, nobody's going to read it, right? Right. So... Um, yeah, so I, I guess I would say starting with, with, uh, following those rules and principles, um, is often a good place to start, but our, our professors would also say that there are times to break the rules and you have to, but first you have to know the rules in order to know how to break them. All right. Yeah. Well, that, no, that makes
0: sense to me that, that, that there are certain things that, that just work, like. And I mean, it depends on what your are like you said, your problem is, or your goal is, or what you're trying to solve. But there's, there's, mm-hmm.
1: like you said, good design. But, but at the same time, because like, so much of design, I guess, because it's visual is subjective. Like you could have, um, you could have a poster that one person says, looks really cool. And another person says they think it's ugly or the same about a logo or, or or anything.
0: And there may be like, could both posters be following all those best practices of design and and one one looks ugly to someone and one looks really good?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah like they're <laughs> like everyone is different and sees things differently, has different likes and, and interests. Um, I mean, like like I said, there are some, there's some, I think, ob- objectively good decisions. Like, can you read it? <laughs> can, can you figure out what it's saying? Um, and stuff like that. But yeah, a lot, a lot of it is subjective. So that can make it kind of, kind of tricky to, um <laughs> to have like rules about it. It's, it's not like math. <laughs> right. Yeah. So does there become a,
0: like over time, or maybe it even changes over time but does there become kind of an accepted pool of this is good design this isn't good design but it's it's really a subjective decision like even let's say that 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 the design principles are being followed is there even within that is there certain things that that kind of the pros say is good and and what's become the accepted good design or as long as you have good design are are you a
1: good graphic designer (laughs) um i think like i think you can you can design something perfectly and someone's not going to like it or someone's going to find something they would have changed about it um one of the ways i kind of uh find inspiration um, currently is this website called Brand New, and um, it's this guy, I think his name is Armin, um, who, who runs a design studio, but he basically uh, covers rebrands that, uh, that uh, well-known companies do, so they, they come up with a, a new logo and a new brand, sometimes a new name, he shows the the old one and the new one so side, he, he's kind of like side. a
0: reporter in guess, a way or, I guess you could say that yeah.
1: and he uh, yeah and then he like gives his opinion and so i i find that uh really interesting um and he's obviously like he he's really um uh well versed in in design principles and um but but part of it is is his opinion too like he'll say Um, I personally don't like the decision to use this font here because of this or whatever but then what's even more fun to read sometimes is the is the comments because it's it's all these design nerds (laughs) yeah yeah, because I'm I'm pretty sure like obviously that's his that's his main audience but some I mean some people about a certain rebrand will say that like uh, all that like they love everything about this and for the same thing someone else will say they hate everything about it um okay and that, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah that's just just the way it is
0: yeah <laughs> this is this is a little bit of a tangent but the the fact that you said that you you like the comments um that reminds me that that there's there's a lot of things that i think youtube could do better but i like that they put popular comments up top that you see first and oh, so, yeah, absolutely. and so because of that um i often will read the t- top 10 comments or something on a video mm-hmm. and I, this is embarrassing but i've already been reading a book and thought hmm, i wonder what the comments say about this <laughs> <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i've kind of gotten to like <laughs> started to just gotten used to using the comments as a second opinion and uh, mm-hmm. and just uh, a way to see if like if people are agreeing with my critiques of a of a video or something like that yeah
1: that's interesting yeah i i I love reading comments on youtube video videos um yeah people are funny yeah
0: (laughs) well and those those obviously make their way to the top but so not near everyone is probably but but yeah there are some i laugh out loud oh yeah me too all the time
1: um yeah so (laughs) i agree i think that's that's one thing that youtube has done well and yeah i I think now uh, at least uh for me it's just part of the experience like after you watch the video you scroll down or during
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) if it's getting a little boring let's see what the comments are so this is something that i i I didn't realize until you got into graphic design but once you got into graphic design you started talking about fonts all the time Mm -hmm. i uh i have a distinct memory at at uh when we had a book club meeting at our place one time when we were living in Hawksville and we were sitting out on the porch looking at the at the church at the Hawksville Mennonite church and you started critiquing the the font or the design on the on the sign the the way it looked and at the same time Kenton was critiquing the design of the building i just thought that was quite humorous that it was it was i had never i'd lived beside this building for a couple of years and i had never thought about the things
1: that you guys were bringing out do, do you remember specifically what what i didn't like about the sign yes
0: yeah, so i'm going to show off my knowledge here it had bad kerning is that you, correct you are correct yes yeah, so what is kerning
1: kerning the kerning on that sign was terrible um kerning is is the space in between letters in a word so i yeah i didn't know i didn't really know anything about that until i started like looking more into what graphic design was um but yeah i thought like if you're if you're typing a word like it just is how it is um but basically because of how letters are shaped um in order to In order for it to look like they're spaced evenly, you have to make minor adjustments, like bring um, bring a capital A closer to a capital V. Um, Because if you if you picture like each letter being in a box, so like the the tangent or the, the outermost point, like a straight down line from from a capital V um and then where the bottom of a of a capital a starts so if you picture those two letters in a box and space in, space in between those letters there's it's going to look like way more extra space just because of how because they're they're like the two angles that are that are parallel so that's one example where um, often with with most fonts if you have a capital a beside a capital v you have to tighten it up a bit like bring those letters closer and fonts aren't designed like in a box like that. Like, they're, um, most of them are, are designed pretty well so that you can basically get away with, with, uh, or like someone who's not a designer would, would never notice. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, um, us de- or we designers and, uh, I, I never got like two, um, to, into typography and finicky with uh, with the kerning. Um, but some of my fellow students um, were were pretty good at kerning. <laughs> so when you're des- when you're designing something with
0: words in it, are you are you playing around with the, with the letters on the poster or whatever it is and adjusting the the kerning yourself? Is that where it comes into play?
1: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, if you were to do if you were to do design like a sign, like where it's just a few like a, a title of something or a logo, that's when you'd want to make sure that the the spacing in between the letters is just perfect. Like you wouldn't do it for a a paragraph of text. Like that'd be a lot of work.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I I was going to ask with that when when a font gets designed for a computer like Microsoft Word or something like that, do they program every combination of letters that are gonna be beside each other to... that's
1: that's a good question and the answer is no um that would be too much information and, and would like slow your computer down because i mean you you like math What how many different combinations would there be of different letters beside each other <laughs> be like
0: 26 factorial so uh I don't know no, if I'm not doing that right, but it'd be, yeah, it'd be astronomical. Like a, yeah, huge yeah. number.
1: So I didn't know anything about this until third year. One of our projects was to design our own font. Um, so I, I actually ended up really enjoying that project. And I think that project taught me um, probably more about typography than the, the previous typography classes combined in some ways for sure. Um, but basically, you set up what are called kerning pairs. So you take you group letters that are that are similar. So, uh, like for lowercase letters, like a, um, like a a b, and an l, um, are going to be essentially exactly the same on the right side. Right. Um, and then there are like an o. Like the lowercase o and c are going to be the exact same on the left side, so you you come up with groups that are same on the left side, same on the right side, and then set the default kerning for for those. And then <clears throat> excuse me, um, and then you can go in and there are some like what we were t- taught to do is there are some unique um, letter combinations like what i mentioned like a capital a and V, where you can you can set a unique um rule or whatever so basically yeah you start with similar letters and then you can do a few um outliers and then yeah then you're pretty it works good pretty go.
0: well at that point yeah. mm-hmm. nice. what uh so is it like you actually came up with a, a font that could be used yeah nice what's the name
1: of it yeah I called it Jasmine
0: nice why did you choose that name
1: <laughs> um i guess i i well, i mean i needed a name and my wife's name is jasmine so that that's where the name Jasmine came from but why um it was inspired by uh things that Jasmine finds beautiful or that's what i said in the in the rationale anyway but um yeah so it's uh it's a serif font, which means it has those extra little hooks like at the the tops and bottoms of the the letters. Um as opposed to a a sans serif, which doesn't <laughs> What's a are there any
0: commonly known serif fonts?
1: Yeah, like Times New Roman yeah. is is a serif and Arial is a sans serif. Um yeah, so and it's got kind of some like it, it's it's supposed to look pretty elegant and kind of classy. Have you used it in anything? Uh no, not really. I actually don't really like it anymore. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> it 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 uh sort of works um it sort of works just as like one word or a really short word, but um I, I would never use it like uh, for anything for a phrase or um, a sentence. I'm not sure if that's just because I've I stared at it for too long, or but but I think um, yeah. If if I were act to actually use it in a in a real project, I, I'd I'd want to go back and make some tweaks now. Okay. I um, have you ever watched
0: Steve Jobs Stanford 2005 Stanford graduation speech no i don't think so okay you should uh you should check it out at least the first few minutes of it he tells a tells a story of how he dropped out of college i think during his first year after his first year but he stuck around and just uh, attended classes here and there not as a in a program anymore just on his own and he took a typography class
1: Mm -hmm. and he he talks about this in his or it mentions this in his book, I right? think so, yeah. yeah.
0: And um, he loved it, like he just really, really enjoyed it. and then he he claims that the and it's probably true, but the Mac was the the first computer that that offered a whole bunch of different types of fonts. and mm-hmm. then because PC just copied the Mac, now all of us have beautiful fonts in our computers mm-hmm.
1: yeah. <laughs> I yeah I, I haven't watched that but I remember definitely remember reading about that in the book.
0: Yeah, and I I think from the book too. I I, I don't know
1: if he ties it, but it just
0: goes along with his love of design and everything had to be perfectly designed and yeah. look amazing. Even the insides apparently.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So on fonts, I've kind of gotten the idea that that there are some fonts some fonts that are hated. Among graphic designers, is that true? Uh, yes, that is true. Okay, so and and one of them is Comic Sans. Am I saying that correctly? <laughs> Correct. Okay, so what's wrong with it?
1: <laughs> um. Well, nothing really. Nothing is really wrong with it, and it's funny that you just mentioned the. The um. The fonts thing and how Mac, um, I think it was in. Actually no, I, I don't remember what year. Maybe early nineties when when they started introducing fonts. Um so the yeah, like as you as you mentioned, Microsoft followed suit pretty quickly. And I believe Comic Sans was if not available in the first one of the very first. Um I think it was it was made in nineteen ninety four. Um and yeah, so it's uh it's very popular like very recognizable for that reason because it was on everybody's computer and, and it has been for uh for years
0: can you tell which one is <laughs> it's comic sans uh what the world yeah <laughs> i typed it out for for him
1: yeah so what's wrong with it i i personally don't think um like objectively it's it's a decent font. Like it's readable. There's, there's nothing really wrong with it. Um, it looks like a bit, um, maybe childish or something in some ways, but it's also like playful and and fun. Um, but I think, I think, uh, like the reason that it gets a bad rap with graphic designers is that, um, it's, so yeah, it's just way overused. Um, and also because people have it on their computers and, and it's fun, they like it and they, they like to use it in places where they shouldn't. <laughs> because it's definitely not, it definitely doesn't say professional. It maybe says fun, maybe says daycare center or something, but it like definitely not professional. So if you if you try to use it on a poster that's serious or whatever, then it's it just looks like you don't know, you don't really know what you're doing. It's kind of like, so um, it's kind of like the first time I found out that you don't, you don't step on somebody else's line uh, in golf. Like when, when they're about to, to putt, like I, I just didn't, didn't know any better. Right. Until somebody told me and like, Oh yeah, that makes, makes a lot of sense. Or like maybe if you're watching a tennis match, um, like if you're at all familiar with, uh, with, the game of of tennis and watching it you know you you're absolutely quiet when uh, the player's getting ready to serve um and occasionally there's there's someone who like gets up at the wrong time or or claps or yells and you're just kind of like come on (laughs) so so that's uh sort of like an analogy like there are just times you you just you just don't use comic sans (laughs) gotcha yeah
0: and it, it just kind of it's something that you learn and pick up and then it makes sense yeah yeah no it uh no it's interesting to hear that it's it's not actually a bad font is that was i hearing you say that correctly
1: right like as in the design of it isn't like yeah in, in in my opinion it there's there's nothing wrong with it you know, it was my favorite font growing up
0: <laughs> okay yeah it's, uh-huh. and is papyrus another one of those is that in the same in the same category uh, it's definitely yeah it's definitely
1: one that you that you stay away from and uh that one's a little different i think like i don't know if there's ever a good according to graphic designers i don't know if there's ever a good use for papyrus also
0: papyrus is worse than comic sans yeah okay
1: interesting and like you had papyrus on that paper too right i did yeah like if you if you look like okay maybe if you're if you're doing some like you want it to look i don't know egyptian or like it was printed on some Parchment paper, then maybe. But if you look like closely at the letters, they've got all these little like nicks and dents in them and stuff. And
0: that's true. And like the, like the the um top of the e, the lowercase e is really small. Is that is that a signature of it, or am I just picking out something? Like it's really oh, like really to, thin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And so it's it's stuff like at a small. A, or like from far away you might confuse that for a C, like a lowercase C. Yeah, exactly. And yeah.
0: so it's not as readable maybe.
1: Yeah, it's it. definitely definitely not as readable. Yeah. There's there's a great um, video that SNL made, um uh like Saturday Night Live, um and featuring Ryan Gosling, and he's just completely distraught by the fact that um you know the the movie avatar i've heard of it um that for the like for the movie poster they used papyrus for uh (laughs) for um like the name of the film (laughs) and it's really funny because it's like it's just like tearing him apart and so so this video is is like um hilarious for for graphic designers anyway he like it's only like i don't know or three minutes long but he he's just like trying to figure out like um... is, is he the graphic designer no no he oh he, I, I don't know who he is Is he but... in the
0: movie or oh okay never mind
1: yeah you'll, you'll have to watch it okay i'll, I'll show it to you after and, so and they, di- they didn't actually
0: use papyrus in a in a real movie poster no they did oh they did yeah oh did. <laughs> okay gotcha so, so yeah it's, it's making he, fun of that yeah i see okay. do you uh do you recognize my bottom font uh, looks like Arial,
1: or Helvetica. It's Helvetica. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is that is that still a font you like? Is that a good font? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought I remembered that. I picked up a few things from you over the years. <laughs> still, I still yeah, get I freaked out whenever I have to design anything. But
1: um, yeah, it, it's it's hard to go wrong with Helvetica. I guess you could you could argue that that one is is overused too. But um, I guess it doesn't have like the the curved edges of, of comic sans and definitely looks more more professional. But there are, there are a lot of uh, um, brands that like use just use Helvetica and um, like their logo, like Jeep. That's Helvetica. Toyota, um, Staples, or the old Staples logo. I'm not sure if the new one. Is. I don't think the new one is. But is Helvetica the one that got updated recently? um maybe one of them okay there's Is there's a ha- there's a helvetica noia like looks like helvetica new oh maybe that's what i'm thinking of i don't know um i was, I was I mean, listening but,
0: to a podcast once where they mentioned that some some popular font got updated so i couldn't remember which one it was but, but it probably just like if computers have it they just added in a new one and you can still have the original helvetica or would
1: yeah like um yeah, I think on most computers you have the option to use both Helvetica or Helvetica Neue. <laughs> I had one college professor who was who was very um, very uh, adamant about the pronunciation because it, everybody wants to call it Helvetica Nu, but it's spelled N U E no N N I can't think N E U E or N U E U. I'm gonna write it down.
0: Is it a different language?
1: Yeah, I think okay. it's German, maybe. Okay. Uh, yeah, N E U E. Um, but, but apparently it's pronounced Noia. Okay. And this act, this information, uh, came in quite handy for me. In uh, in third year, we had to do these informational interviews, so we had to reach out to um people in the design industry that our professor had, select, had uh, selected but we had to reach out to them and schedule um, a portfolio review and um, uh, no sorry the informational inf- interview was something else but we had to do these uh, we had to do these portfolio reviews and one person that I was with asked me about I think what my my favorite font is or something I said Helvetica Noya and he was very impressed that I got the f- pronunciation right so nice I was, yeah, I was we, thankful to to uh, my professor
0: yeah pick up everything you can right exactly <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. So I'm a, I'm a little curious how you how you think of yourself here Do you think of yourself as an artist when you're doing graphic
1: design Um I I guess I would say I guess I would say no to that question. Um I, I I guess I have this idea that uh an an artist is like creates creates something um almost from within um or you know create create something more for the the purpose of of making the art whereas most of what i work on has uh a purpo- like uh, a different purpose like it's for a specific purpose yeah
0: you're not you're maybe more serving a customer or a client rather than doing it for art's sake itself right is that where you'd see the difference yeah. there so do you yeah. do things that are art like in your personal time or
1: um I mean I would I would say that uh like the my drawing hobby is more yeah I call that art yeah um and I occasionally do like some watercolors and stuff like that um I don't know maybe maybe it's maybe it's a fine line too because I feel like some of the the logos I've I've worked on I kind of feel like those are are art or more, more closer to art in some ways too. Oh, okay. I know there's like a, yeah, now that I think about it, maybe there's sort of a, (laughs) there's some, I guess maybe what it is, is there are some things I've worked on that like have, I don't know, more, like more personal meaning to me, like whether it's, I was really happy with how it turned out or I like put more, more work into it or something. So I guess I'm more likely to feel like that was art than uh than something where it was just, you know, executing a a task for a specific customer or whatever.
0: That makes sense to me that that the satisfaction you get to it is is a sign of of how much it's art. Mm-hmm. So I think you could get that in a in providing something for a client too. Like I don't think that they have to be the two things have to be mutually exclusive. Like I think you could really take satisfaction in the job you did for a for a client. Could you not?
1: Yeah, I agree. I I yeah. I think I don't think there's a fine line between what's art and what's what's not art. <laughs> yeah.
0: So since we're talking about art, tell me a little bit about your project that you've been doing this this year and your drawing every day.
1: Sure. So um, yeah. So I I decided at the beginning of uh, this year to, to do one drawing a day for, for the whole year. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I started an Instagram account and I called it at draw it three, uh, six, six, cause it's going to be 366 drawings cause it's leap year. It is leap year. Um, and the, my goal with this was to, um, I guess, I guess you could say kind of tap into whatever it was I I loved about drawing as a kid because in more recent years, um, I, I don't, I, I didn't take the time to just draw, um, like occasionally if I, I would like doodle or something, if I was, I don't know, listening, some listening to something or like sitting in church sometimes, um, but I would hardly ever draw just for the sake of drawing, and I think maybe what kind of got me more interested in, in doing something like this again was was getting into graphic design because um, I use I use uh, drawing a lot in um, in my work um, for coming up with ideas. Like uh, I almost always like to start on with a pencil and paper. Um, it's just. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's something easier, and that's kind of how we were we were taught to is to start on, on the paper, and we actually had a drawing, um, uh, like a drawing class in our first year, um, and I really enjoyed that, and I think Im- improved my skills quite a bit just with uh, learning some um, new principles and stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, actually for a for a, a graduation present. My brother-in-law Kenton got me um, a book that had 365 drawing prompts, and this was in November of this past year. And I, I decided, you know what? This is this is my opportunity to uh, um, to really get back into drawing. And it just, yeah, so I was I was just kind of curious, like if if I could keep that up, if I could draw something every single day for a whole year, and also what that would, um, yeah, what that would do for me, or like, you know, would it uh, um, restore kind of like that love for drawing that I had as a kid, Um, and yeah, it's been uh, a good experience so far, like, there are definitely times when it feels like, um, you know, an annoyance, or um, like, oh, I got to do my drawing yet tonight, so that I can post it tomorrow, but often I kind of surprise myself like once, once I get going, like I've decided um, what I'm going to draw and I start, I get going on it. It's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I've, I've noticed with when I really don't want to do something or like something that I have to do um, and it's so easy to procrastinate. I found that often it's once I get going then, then it it goes a lot more smoothly, so I can see how there's value in in kind of having that commitment that you made that I'm gonna do this every single day and and you're you're then held to doing it even if you don't feel like it and mm-hmm. that, that that keeps you going um What's been your favorite drawing that you've done?
1: Hmm. um There was this one I did, the prompt was a suit, draw a suitcase full of cash. And for almost, for almost all of my drawings, I use, uh, like a reference, like I find a photo to draw from, or at least to draw part of it. And then I'll find another photo to draw like the mountains in the background or whatever it happens to be. But, um, that's something that we were, we were taught in drawing class, like use references because... Uh, images are so much better than our than our memories for, for those of us who don't have photographic memories anyway right. um but for this suitcase full of cash uh I think I looked up like a, a picture of someone walking but then the rest of it was just all from my imagination and I was I kind of liked how it turned out it was just this guy with uh with a cool hat and sunglasses carrying a briefcase and he's just walking along I think he's whistling um but his briefcase is open and like cash is spilling out everywhere and he just has no idea. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I just kind of, I had a lot of fun with that one and I was happy with how it turned out.
0: Nice. Have you, um, seen your skills improving? Like we're almost at a at half, half the year now. So do you, do you see a marked difference or is it, uh, is it not really much different than when you started?
1: Um I th- yeah I think I think there's definitely be, been an improvement um and every now and then I'll I'll go back and look at like some of the first ones again and I definitely I definitely see things like oh I would have um I would have done this differently here or or yeah done that a bit differently or done more shading or whatever um so so maybe a little bit but at the same time, I don't think that has necessarily been my main goal to, to improve. And often, oftentimes I've just had to tell myself, like, you do one drawing a day, like not every drawing is going to be a masterpiece. And I'll, yeah, sometimes I'll do like a, a quicker sketch or whatever, and um, not necessarily be uh, the happiest with it. But it gets posted anyway because i post a drawing a day <laughs> yeah.
0: but you like that's got to be improving your skills like once you have 366 drawings done at the end of the day like at the end of the year won't it won't that like that's a lot of practice that you're doing yeah that,
1: that's true <laughs> that's true maybe maybe i don't realize um the extent of of the improvement yeah and maybe
0: it's maybe it's very subtle but i would i would have a tough time imagining that you won't be a much better <laughs> much better at drawing by the time the this is done so that's that's really cool that you're doing this is it um has it been growing in popularity at all the your um instagram account uh
1: yeah so it's like very very slowly i've been getting um getting followers i'm up over over 200 now and yeah, a lot of, I'd say about maybe half of them are people that know me, um, maybe a little more. Um, I don't know. I should check again, but there are also a lot of, um, a lot of people on Instagram who are doing similar things, not necessarily year long challenges, but daily art challenges, or there are a lot of daily art posters. Um, and I, I follow some of them. It's, it's great to see like different styles and get inspiration and stuff. And, i've gotten a bunch of people doing that 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 have followed me as well
0: so there's a bit of a community with mm-hmm. that kind of thing that's neat
1: yeah. yeah
0: yeah i um i've i'm not on instagram so since you've been putting them on your website now i i check them out there i haven't seen anyone make a comment on your website yet
1: but no i haven't haven't got a whole lot of traffic on on the website okay yet. yeah mm-hmm. draw at 366.ca check yeah it out.
0: <laughs> yeah no uh anyone that's listening if you have you haven't seen his his drawings um you really do need to check it out there they're a lot of fun and he puts fun little captions under them too so um that's that's always adds a little bit to to the drawings too um actually since we're talking about your the things that that you're doing is there anything else that you want to tell listeners to to check out besides your your drawings no i don't think so okay um, just I thought for the last couple minutes then um, before we wrap this up, I was I'm curious if you have any simple advice that you could give to to amateur graphic designers or those that have a, a small project that they like to do on their own. Is there is it possible to to give just a few tips to to someone that that might be might be wondering how they could improve their graphic design?
1: Um, probably the, the, yeah, probably the first thing I I would, I would say is, um, look like find some inspiration, um, in, yeah. So first find some inspiration before you just try to create something from, from scratch and like, yeah, like, I mean, go on Pinterest and, and find examples of, um, uh, existing things that are similar to what you're looking for and, and just see what's out there. Um, that's, I guess that's for, uh, if you're looking for a, a specific project to, to someone who um, is interested in, in design and, and improving. Um, I think the first thing I would say is um, just practice your skills as much as, as much as you can. Like if you have access to Photoshop and Illustrator, um, yeah, go go onto YouTube, find some tutorials, figure out how to to um, use the tools and stuff. Uh, if you if you see like uh, an album cover or like something that you really like, try to figure out how you can re- recreate that or do something similar. Um, so yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, like looking, just getting lots of um, inspiration, seeing what's out there, um, would be would be one thing, and then another th- another thing would be um, uh, asking people who have who have uh, been in gra- in graphic design for a long time, um, just yeah, maybe stepping outside of your comfort zone and uh, um, talking talking to them and asking them for for tips or advice Um, that's one thing that I um, wasn't very good at and it's still not very good at like um, but uh, anyone who I I did end up asking has been super um, willing to to share and and help me out so I'm sure that's true of many industries but uh, I've definitely found that in with with graphic design people are just they just love to uh to share what they what they've learned so yeah find lots of inspiration practice and um find uh, i guess mentors or uh, people you can ask that are in that uh, field
0: yeah that's great sounds like good advice and it's a it's great advice for other things other than graphic design too so yeah appreciate that thanks for sharing that that uh that pretty much wrap, wraps up everything that I had thought of ahead of time and and uh, we're close to the two hour mark here so um I think wow. we'll wrap up pretty soon but was there something that you really wanted to talk about that that we didn't didn't cover at all or are you you good to go here as well
1: I I think I'm pretty good I I also wrote down um a list of five things uh that. I want to never forget from from my experience um, at school um, so I recently had to do a, a lunch and learn at at work and so I I um, did a, a little presentation so I thought I could run through those absolutely those things we'll,
0: we'll end with that then real, so real quick sounds great
1: so um, some of these are related to graphic design and some go go a little bit beyond but the first thing is... Have a reason for everything. So one thing we we're really taught is, um, like I mentioned, we graphic designers aren't here just to make things pretty, but we're we're solving problems. Like there's got to be, uh, like a reason a reason behind your design. Um, I don't think that's always the case, but it, it can help to um, start from from that in a lot of ways. Number two is good ideas come from lots of, from having lots of ideas. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, uh, like creativity is, is not something that you can just pump out like other things. And so that's one thing I learned from, um, from studying and my experience is that often you just, you just have to get as many ideas as possible down on paper, um, before, and that can lead to to um ideas you you never would have thought of um at least not in the, like not not at first so lots of lots of ideas lead to good ideas uh, the third one is something one of my um professors said that just stuck with me and he said he was talking about dealing with um fellow students and and fellow people in the industry and as well as clients and he said don't throw, mud um so don't talk bad about other people because two things happen when you throw mud um you get your hands dirty and you lose ground so (laughs) (laughs) so for some some reason that that really (laughs) stuck with me and four was find your zone every now and then there'd be there'd be a school project where i would just get into this almost like a trance, like I just get so focused, and one I specifically remember is, I was working on making this pirate money, so designing like a currency, and I stayed up like late into the night to finish, but I, I was just like working on it nonstop. and at one point, Jasmine came and gave me a, a Kit Kat bar, I just set it down beside me, and I was like, oh thanks, yeah, I'm, I'm hungry, um, and so I like finished it at like two or three in the morning and went to bed and then woke up the next day and <laughs> the Kit Kat bar was still sitting there. Like it, it was so in the zone that I completely forgot about it. <laughs> and That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, I never want to, I never want to lose that. Like I always want to have some, some projects that, uh, where, where I find that zone, like where I'm just so, um, focused on what I'm doing. Cause those are, those are the most fun to work on for sure.
0: And you, f- and you feel so good after like concentrating for two or three hours like that. And yeah, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's, it's pretty incredible.
1: Yeah. And then the, the fifth one uh, is always be learning. And I think in my presentation, I actually shared a quote (laughs) similar to the one we talked about at the very beginning of this podcast, but basically that anyone has something to teach you and um, also like, I never want to be at a point where, um, where in my career, I I feel like I've I've learned enough, and um, you know I can kind of cruise. Um, yeah, I always want to look for opportunities to to learn more and improve, and I think that's especially important with uh, how technology changes things. That definitely affects. Um, this industry so I I think it's important to adapt and always be learning
0: yeah well that's fantastic thanks for thanks for sharing those and what you'd um, put into the work to create there and yeah thanks for sharing a bunch of your story with me there's a few stories there that that um, I never heard before and it was fun to kind of hear it all in one place like this so thanks for the the inspiration and the the things that you shared
1: Yeah, well, thanks for uh, having me, and good luck with um, future episodes.
0: All right. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and thank you, Ricky, for being my first podcast guest. It was a lot of fun doing this with you. I also wanted to let everyone know that Ricky has been a big help in getting this podcast going. When I first told him about the idea a few months ago, he was really excited and very encouraging for me. And when I asked him to be my first guest, he was very happy about that as well. And then a few weeks after I'd first told him about the idea, he called me up and wondered if I would be interested in having him partner with me in doing this project. And he offered to take charge of marketing and the website and things in that area. And I said, absolutely. And I've been very happy to have him on board. He does fantastic work with the graphics and images. And if you haven't seen some of the things that he's done on social media, definitely go in and check that out. It's, uh, it's been great. If you want to connect with the show, then email me at contact at everydayexpertise.ca. You can also find us on social media. And uh, check us out there. We also have a website everydayexpertise.ca and on the website we're going to be including show notes which will have a little bit more information on some of the things that we've talked about ways to connect with guests and maybe some links to to some some further information that kind of thing that's it for now and join me next week to learn again from the expertise of everyday people